Hey guys, welcome to the Revive Stronger podcast. I'm your host, as always, Steve Hall. And today we have a really great episode with Eric Lee Salazar. He is an IFBB pro natural bodybuilder. And we dive into his three goals for his pro debut last season. And one of those was to share more about the weighted apparel and to learn more and collect more data. And we dig into a lot about his background and history and also the practical use of weighted apparel for fat loss. So guys, I think you're going to really enjoy this episode. As always, if you do enjoy it, do leave us a thumbs up, do leave us a comment, do leave us a nice rating over on Spotify or iTunes or the like. We really appreciate it and share this on your Instagram feed and let us know, tag us. We always appreciate it. Without further ado, let's get into the show. Hi guys, welcome to the Revive Struggle podcast. I'm your host as always, Steve Hall and I today have Eric Lee Salazar on the podcast. I have to apologize to Eric because I sometimes bring him up and people may have no, know I've brought up an Eric before and I always get your last name like screwed up. <laughs> I'm like, I know it's yeah, like Sal- Salah. <laughs> uh, it's, not, it's, it's not tough at all. I'm just terrible with names. So this is Eric uh, and you may have heard me bring him up on various podcasts because you're going to hear us talk about weighted apparel. Many of the listeners will know um, I had James Krieger on to talk about gravitostats and things about weighted apparel and how it can help people for fat loss and I also used it for my latest contest prep in some way um, and we're going to dig into that some but so people know who you are Eric Um, he's a natural bodybuilder he has pro cards in the IMBA he has a pro card with the IFBB which is huge uh, for a natural competitor I think it's kind of the be all and end all people think of bodybuilding they think of the IFBB but he has over 17 years experience as a personal trainer and owns his own facility which is sat in right now flex level fitness um, and I've actually known of Eric f- for years I think we bumped into each other at the like sh- from Luke Johnson's like conferences he used to run uh, through yeah. Shredded by Science at the time there's probably people listening who can remember Shredded by Science. I watched you on your show in, uh, in uh, London Oh, sure. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, so I haven't seen Eric in years, but I have vivid memories of you being shredded at one of these seminars and your arms oh, yeah. just being huge. And I was like, this guy, <laughs> like, yeah, I was a big arms. So I think I have big, I think I have over, overly big triceps and I think you have overly big biceps. <laughs> you're so correct. Maybe we can just trade <laughs> off a little bit and even our arms out. Of it. That would yeah. be awesome. <laughs> absolutely so yeah is there anything else you want to let the the audience know about you eric um no i'm just uh, straight out of here out of uh, houston texas and um uh, like i said um uh, i i always had a love for bodybuilding i always um i i joke about this but it's also it's a true story you can ask my ex-girlfriends when i was 17 years old and it would be like hi i'm i'm eric salazar gonna be a bodybuilder one day that's not that big of a deal but also, and then so on and so forth. So it's always been, you know, bodybuilding, um, checking out books when I was in middle school, going to the public library, trying to see how to quote unquote, like beef up the chest. Um, I was always into books and, and, and learning. Um, then I, I remember I bought my first Flex magazine when I was 17. It was a cover of Kevin Lebroni, and I just got blown away. I mean, I fell in love with, Sean Ray, Lee Priest, uh, Ronnie Coleman. Uh, of course, I always liked the aesthetic guys like uh, Sean Ray, Lee Priest. Um, uh, I think a lot of times whenever we get into bodybuilding, we, we end up really favoring the people that kind of complement our style of sure. how our uh, physique looks. Um, so that's that's really whenever I, I, I fell just in love with, uh, with bodybuilding. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, it's, it's great to see like other people like yourself who have been in this industry in terms of like in our little niche our little bubble in terms Mm -hmm. of evidence-based practice and looking to educate others and it's great to see you having been in it so long and being successful and kind of doing the good work on that end as well and it's actually been a long time coming that I've actually been meaning to bring you on the podcast for a while and I don't know what it was that made me reflect and I was like oh yeah let's get Eric on now so it's great to be sitting and you know um, I I also have a a similar I, I feel like I have a similar story to everyone around my age group uh, I know um, when Alberto Nunez, whenever he does uh, a presentation, he'll bring up what got him started. And that's actually the exact reason that got me started as far as the evidence base 
Um, and that's whenever we, uh, when YouTube was still very new and Lane Norton actually, uh, he made that series on bodybuilding.com. I believe it was called Life of a Natural Pro. Sure. But little did he know though, that everybody across the world that were like into natural bodybuilding, we were all viewing in on that. We were all looking into that. And we were like, oh, so there's science to this. So for a natural, and it, it, it shouldn't just be natural, it should be all bodybuilding. But the way we took it at that point was that we're natural bodybuilders. And some of the things that, that, we're, that we're told from our coach, you know, doesn't really have any riff or rhyme and any reasoning. You know, whenever we ask the question, theirs is like, you know, trust the process. So we're used to the old school, trust the process, trust the process. Hey, I have the trophies, you don't. I'm bigger, you're not. Yeah. So obviously just just pay attention and uh, and stop asking so many questions because the honest truth is I don't have the answers for any of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm glad. We're, we're well and truly past that time now, I think, actually. it's We must have put a, a few coaches out of business and I say we, like really, like Lane and then the Eric Helms, like mm -hmm. that yeah. generation of 3DMJ, Matt Ogus, yeah. kind of helping popularize it in a big, big way. And yeah, they either had to educate themselves and level up or <laughs> now people... Mm -hmm. Like there's enough good information out there where people can be like, right, yeah, I mean, I don't see why I have to eat rice in this meal. <laughs> why can't I exchange it for something else? Your reason can't just be, trust me, I've got a pro card, bro, or something now. <laughs> yeah, and I, I still do get these questions, but to be honest, it, it, it really, it's really not as, I would say, bad um, as it used to be um, a long time ago. I feel like everyone is just getting educated um, no matter if you're natural or not, um, information's uh, uh, out there. But still, you know, I still I still have um, competitors um, that, as as they're going through the process, they're telling me like, hey, you know, we because I mean it's going to be human nature. I would do the same thing. Uh, they watch their favorite influencers or their favorite pro, and they say, hey, so I saw this pro is doing this, and then they ask me the question, and then I kind of break it down for them. I don't I don't try to make them sound. Uh, dumb or silly for asking a question, but I say this is this is this is why they why they're choosing to do this. But here's actually what what does happen. And so I think one thing about my competitors that I love is that afterwards, after they they get on stage and they're peeled and they win a trophy, um, they really reflect and say, "Man, I saw so much stuff. We didn't do any of the stuff. We didn't do the number of things." that I saw everyone breaking it down like week by week by week, going through all these just up and down and with the food, like we didn't do any of that stuff. And we came in peeled. I was like, yeah, it's not, you don't have to do so much stuff. Just, you know, yeah. and I don't want to oversimplify you, but you sure. understand. <laughs> yeah. It's like, we know there's scientific principles essentially that you have to stick to. And if you're doing that, like you don't have to, I don't know, hope that i don't know at some point people thought refeeds were magical and they somehow ignited fat loss and things and kind of were getting mm -hmm. better educated from that um yeah route i wanted to go down actually with you eric as mm -hmm. we spoke off air is almost fast forwarding like your career as i said like i don't know actually i think i had it down somewhere but you've competed you've been competing for a long long time you've done a lot of seasons i think it's almost in the double figures by this point getting close to it yeah i believe i'm at 17 or 18 shows yeah, there's a lot of shows. And so when people hear that you're an IFBB pro, like natural competitor, they like they need to realize this like a huge iceberg with like this huge amount you can't see and you're just seeing the peak of that iceberg for you. Um, yeah. First of all, actually, in terms of like going pro as an IFBB, did that change much for you? Like did that, did you feel people treated you differently? Did you get more respect or authority? Because uh, yeah, unfortunately that sometimes can happen. Did that change anything for you? Um, uh, you know, it was a, it was a weight off. It was a weight off of my shoulder. Um, I do know exactly what you're talking about. Um, I, I don't, I don't think I noticed too much, but actually, you know, right when I say this, um, this was, this was, in my opinion, this was a little rude, but, um, I had, a, I had a, I had a, I had a guest come into the gym and, um, uh, I was like, hey, how are you doing? Because uh, I follow her on, on Instagram. She's uh, IFBB pro. And I said, oh, hey, how are you doing? She's like, oh, hey, hey, hey. You know, she was real short. She's like, oh, you know, just, just want a day pass. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I see you on. And she goes, oh, yeah, thanks, thanks. Like, whatever. And then uh, maybe so, uh, a few months later, um, I went to another gym and I saw her. 
And uh, she goes, oh, my God, why didn't you tell me that you're an IFBB pro? Like, I didn't <laughs> oh like, oh, my God, like, I, like you were talking to me. And like, I, I thought I thought I, I thought I recognized you, but like, I didn't know. you. And in my head, I'm like, mm, that doesn't sound too well what you're saying right now. You apologize. I mean, <laughs> yeah, but uh, I, I thought that was a little silly. Um, of course, I didn't get I didn't get overly mad or anything. I, yeah. It was, some some self thought in my head. I'm like, oh, that's not how you're supposed to do that. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, but, but as far as like um like how I felt is because I always when I when I was a kid I always wanted to be a part of the of the IFBB. You know, I do have to sometimes remember that. Um, and and if I never got an IFBB pro, it wouldn't matter to me uh, uh that much. But I actually knew that I was going to get a pro card. I just knew that okay. it was going to happen when I was 41, 42, maybe 43. Um, so when it happened when I was, I guess, 36, or maybe 37, um, it, it was, um, you know what, I will, I will say this, and I don't think I've said this on the interview before, but um, the moment that they told me, because I thought I was going to get second place, um, but the mo and which I was already happy. I was like, all right, I'm always moving up, you know, at the national. But when they had told me that I had won the pro card, um, it, it was really weird. It was, um, it was a whole bunch of flashes uh, kind of flash before my eyes um uh like real instant it was kind of overwhelming is that i immediately thought about myself looking at the magazines when i was 17 18 years old i immediately i immediately saw myself looking at all the muscle magazines i i also thought about how i did not have to play the politics game on having to get the right coach having to uh bring a lot of competitors to your show have to do any of that stuff um, there was a lot of things that I did not have to do. Um, uh, and, I, and I think if you do, that's great. That's great. Uh, but there's just so many things that, that it, it became a little overwhelming. And uh, I almost didn't even know how to react when they said that I won the pro card because it was kind of like a lifelong dream. Um, but it definitely was a weight off of my shoulder um, where now I don't have to. Now I'm just, you know, I'm just uh, taking it more easy, not having to put everything on the line for a pro card because i mean i'm not a big guy uh so I'm, i don't plan on uh, winning but i do i do like and enjoy leaning up I, I i enjoy staying strong and as you know and as we're about probably about to talk about is how i like to test the waters and, and theories and try to actually stay strong and because when you're a natural and you've been a natural for a long time you start getting desperate as far as like, uh, and this is not a bad thing. This is, this is why so many people are going to be innovating is we try to find any way that we can uh, retain muscle while dieting, gain more muscle in the off season, um, just all these kind of things. And, and I'm, I'm no different from anybody as far as trying to think outside the box and trying to come up with the best formula. And so to me, those things are fun. I love playing chess and I don't need to be a, 200 pound, uh, uh, big bulky guy. And, and that's okay. Uh, I like my physique. So if I can get a pound a, a year, that's great. <laughs> uh, I can't even, if you were 200 pounds, you would look absolutely ginormous. <laughs> I think, oh yeah. On your face. I, 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 I do play that game in my head. <laughs> <laughs> so the listeners are aware. What is your kind of, when you go to compete, what's your stage weight typically? Um, usually about 145 pounds. Um, and that's just like, just bone dry. Um, right now I weigh about one, maybe like 163. So I'm almost about 20 pounds over contest weight right now. Um, but yeah, typically about 145. So you stay pretty lean in your off seasons as well then, because you competed, I think you finished your season similar time to me a bit earlier last year than I did maybe. Yes. Or similar, similar mm -hmm. time, I think. Actually. Yeah. Yes. Last year was amazing. We all got to compete. That was so yeah. cool. That was that was probably I'm I'm always going to remember that because we were all competing on the same weekend. Like everybody, like all of us. So that was that was that was that was a really cool experience. And that was really cool that we were all there, you know, even on social media just just really cheering for each other and yeah. That yeah, that was amazing. And actually so that this is no when you competed with the IFBB and you got your pro card, that was I actually don't know how it works, but I know in the UK now there's like some of the IFB affiliated shows have like a natural division. Yours was, was yours a natural uh, division or was it like done in weight classes? How did that work for you? It, it was natural. 
it was natural. They urine tested us the moment we got off the stage. Sure. Um, was it natural? Yeah, it's mm. always that question. <laughs> I don't, I don't believe so. Sure. Um, but they, but they did, they did take our urine. They probably tossed it out afterwards. But um, <laughs> it, it, it didn't seem like a very natural. Um, okay. But I mean, I guess they tried. You know, even whenever. <laughs> Even whenever going into the show, I, I have some natural friends uh, that they compete either in OCB or they compete in right. NFF, all, different kinds of organization. They go, oh, like, um, how natural do you think it is? I go, oh, yeah. I've seen pictures. It looks like it's about like 80, 85. They're like, oh, wow, that's pretty high for a high FBB. I said, yeah, it's, it's pretty close. Uh, uh, I, I entered bodybuilding and which I'm kind of excited to go for next year because I believe, I, I hope more people are going to compete. It was a bittersweet. Um, when I competed in bodybuilding, nobody else competed in bodybuilding. And actually, the guy who was like at least like three times my size, four times my size, <laughs> he looked like he was just a peeled 200 and, um, 220 pound man. Uh, he actually entered the, the 212. And I remember he told me that he had to really like, uh, like, water his way down there and um and he won the 212 and there was only two people in that category i entered the open because i was like in my mind i was like you know what there's probably going to be like eight competitors i'm going to be the smallest one but i love how uh, i love how like lean i am and so it it, it, it did not matter to me sure. um i i want to have some good pictures so i could show hey you know my, my legs look good my glutes are striated um, but then they said, Hey, no one else entered. And uh, they told me like, right when, uh, uh, the next day, uh, and I was like, what? Cause I mean, they're waiting for some competitors. And so I was the only one. That's one of the worst things as a competitive bodybuilder, like other people listening can sometimes get this wrong, whether if they don't compete, they don't really get it. They're like, Oh, if you're the only one you won or whatever, that's amazing. And it's like, mm -hmm. that's the worst thing as a competitive bodybuilder. You diet for months on end to step on stage and like, be with others and like compete for something yeah. so when you feel like you've and just I, I don't know, it's tough yeah I, I i really um you know what i will say this he was one of he was one of my uh one of one of my idols i had seen him before his name is eric um i forgot his last name he, he was a, he's a natural he's a pro natural bodybuilder he used to be an ifbb pro and then he went to natural pro for years and then he got his pro card back into the IFBB and and he was like a legend to me growing up uh, I had seen him compete in a natural bodybuilding show when I was a kid and he was there and I was just I was just so blown away that I got to compete with him uh even though even he should have entered even open men's bodybuilding there's so so many of the guys where I'm like I should have entered but they all entered a uh, classic physique um right but afterwards uh, he told me he goes hey Eric he said he goes, hey brother. He goes, don't feel, don't feel down about you know being the only one. He goes, you're, you were the most conditioned guy out of even all the classic physiques. Uh, he goes, you're the most conditioned guy here today. He goes, your, your, I was watching your, your, your hamstrings and your glutes, and that really made me feel really good. I was really appreciative of him being so kind uh, to, to tell me that. Um, but yeah, I, I did. I wanted to compete against big guys, and I at least in my head uh, wanted to beat them as far as leanness. Even though if I do get last yeah. place, it's, uh, you already know how we are. We're just like, well, I beat you in the leanness. So yeah. uh, obviously, I don't have your muscle, but uh, <laughs> hopefully next year when I compete, um, hopefully there'll be more people in the sure. open uh, men's bodybuilding. Hey, Pascal here. I just quickly wanted to remind you of our online coaching service. At Revive Stronger, we put a huge emphasis on the personal aspect of our coaching. And if you want to take your physique and knowledge to the next level, hit the link in the description below. Awesome. And I guess that brings us on to actually the ish covered them, but you had like three goals for this pro debut. Uh, if you want to like, do you remember what they were? Or I can like tip, walk you through them. And you probably remember. Yeah, walk, me, th walk, walk, walk me through them. So the first one, well, you already said uh, outlean everyone. That was kind of your first goal uh, with professionalism yeah. of as well. You saw, you actually said it as professionalism of being prepared. Do you want to yes. explain what yes. that means for the listeners? Actually, that'd be good to hear. Yeah. So ever since my first bodybuilding show, I um, I remember the first time I bought um what was it like a, I think it was a three three disc uh, DVD 
of Road to the Olympia. And I was watching all of them and I would watch these, oh my goodness, I would watch them for hours a day. Like that was like my Bible of like bodybuilding. And I was getting ready for my first bodybuilding show. And in my head, uh, and I won my, I won my first natural bodybuilding show um, years ago, but in my head, I was never lean enough. They are the standard. So in my head, like that's the standard. And I would always watch the Olympia every single year since I was at least, I want to say 18 years old. I've always watched the Olympia and I know how glutes are supposed to look. And I know how hamstrings are supposed to look. I would see Jay Cutler. Um, I, I would see Ronnie Coleman. I, I would see all the, I would see Dexter Jackson. And so when I see all these people, I'm like, okay, that's, if you're in a regional show, uh, it's okay. You know, you're not going to be at your best, but, but try to be your best. Once you get to national level and you're trying to go for a pro card, I mean, like how bad do you really want that pro card? Like you really have to take this on a very professional level. And, and finally, when you're a pro, there was a time, and I, and I think this is whenever I kind of also posted this, um, there was a time I was watching uh, the IFBB pros and none of them were, it was just a period of about two years, maybe about three years ago. So there was a two, it was right before, it was before COVID, but there was a two year period where nobody was coming in like yeah. glutes and, 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 and hamstrings just peeled. And I didn't, I mean, I, I do understand, but I didn't understand like y'all professionals. Like if y'all are not yeah. going in like this, like I don't understand what y'all are preparing for. And it really blew my mind. And for me, I've been a natural bodybuilder and, and I take things very professional. So, and you probably get the same thing. You know, I, sometimes I'll get some extreme uh, bodybuilders watching me and they said oh you're not hardcore eric like i can't believe that you still drink uh, when you're getting ready for a show um you eat like sometimes you eat gas station food um all this kind of stuff and and in my mind they're just so hardcore three months out of the year and they're trying to play catch up so whenever i i honestly believe that the reason people aren't ready for a show and they're not lean enough is because they didn't prepare far enough out and not having to lose two pounds, two pounds a week. Like they see their body, their body just transform. It's like, yeah. And then you lost a lot of muscle. What was the whole point of the off season? So when it's somebody like me, not only am I still gauging all my, all my workouts, I still write down all my workouts in the off season. I'm staying in a surplus in the off season, but then when it's time and ready for my bodybuilding show, I start weighing ahead to where I'm projected to lose about half a pound a week. And I do that for a lot longer period. So like my right before a show, maybe like six months, maybe seven months. Um, and I, I continue. So when I think about it like that, I'm like bodybuilding is an all around year for me. So it, it very much reminds me of school. Um, you have procrastinators that will congratulate themselves for uh, uh, cramming all that knowledge like the last two weeks right before the finals and then they they get a passing grade they get like a b and that's great but that's still a b i i studied all the way from the very beginning of the school never had to do an extreme and i got an a so my a will beat your b because even though you crammed a lot you procrastinated and you think that's hardcore and that's not really hardcore you should just you should just be moderate for a lot, lot longer period of time and you know you'll you'll end up uh coming in the way you want to come in like an, an a performance not necessarily first place but an a performance of what you want to look like so that's what i really mean by professionalism that makes a lot of sense um i like that description actually and i like that analogy actually as well in terms of like yeah cramming is <laughs> never a good thing rushing mm -mm. when is rushing ever been a good thing so yeah exactly. making sure you're you're prepared ahead of time that's fantastic the the second point you said was uh, and actually you touched on this a little bit to show that not only can you still have a social life of eating and drinking with friends but also do other activities along the way like powerlifting strongman fighting etc so you actually did a boxing match like three weeks out, right? <laughs> yes, it was. Yeah. Yes, it was three. It was three weeks out, and um, yeah, people thought I was crazy. But again, that that's that's still people thinking that I'm not taking my bodybuilding seriously. Yeah, and 
they just don't know some of the hacks that I got. I'm like, look, you can do things. You don't have, you know, I, I remember now this is going to be an extreme uh, case, but um, uh, it's a spectrum. But a long time ago, a long time ago, I remember when I was when I was young, like 19 years old, I hadn't competed yet, but I, would, I, I was a personal trainer. And I would hear other people my age, that would be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to train for a bodybuilding show. So I had to quit my job because I need to all I need to just dedicate uh, body and they didn't even do a bodybuilding show and then they ended up just not having a job <laughs> but sometimes people are very extreme and they're just like because I did two boxing matches um as I started at about like 165 I got down to 150 did my first boxing match won it and then I dieted down to 140 pounds well probably about like 142 pounds um and I was three weeks before my show and um I had to just hold off I didn't have to dehydrate myself at all but I did have to just simply hold off on the food that day. And so I got on the scale. So I weighed about 138 and nobody thought I weighed that. Everyone was like, are you like cheating or something? Cause <laughs> you look like you're like 170. And I go, no, that's what the scale says. And so then I, um, I did that fight, but even, even, even the fight and I, and I won that one too. So I, I had cool belts and all that. Um, but even that me preparing throughout the, throughout the weeks for that, um, it was okay because as we're probably going to get into energy availability and me eating 26, 2700 calories, um, it was, it was okay for my system. It was okay for my body. Yeah. I guess in some ways it was good to have like an outlet to expend more energy. Like it almost, you could, in, as best as you could, I guess you tried to make it complement your bodybuilding. Mm -hmm. Did you ever yeah, find, yes. I guess, from the fights and the the training for that, did you ever get like beat up and it impacted your training at all? Or how did you manage that aspect? Um, no, no. Um, I think one time, and this was in the very beginning when I just started, um, I, I, uh, what they call it? I, uh, it was a, a floater rib. I had like slipped a floater rib. Oh, right. Yeah. And, uh, and that hurts. I've actually had people who have done that with not even boxing, but when it, when it happens, oh, yeah, it's, uh, it's rough. <laughs> And it was just for me, not even, I don't even think I punched anybody. I was, I was sparring, but I just went like that. And then it just, I was like, what? And then I like, <laughs> and that it, it's, it's okay. A floater rib is okay, but it does hurt. And it takes like at least like two months uh, for it to completely like, not completely go away, but for you to be just like, just fine. And then it just goes up. Um, but no, there, there was nothing, um, because even even the training of boxing, I mean, I, I it's almost just like dancing. Um, there's no like lifting anything, sure. so it wasn't too it wasn't too hard on my body, and the sparring wasn't wasn't too bad. Um, you know, when we're sparring, we're what you what you call working. So I mean, we're not trying to just take slugs out of our face from the other person. We're like actually like we're going really we're going pretty light, and we're trying to understand and trying to move. So. No, it was it was very low impact to be honest on my on my body. I, it just felt like I was dancing, uh, even whenever I'm throwing. It's just it's just like having one pound dumbbells. So there's nothing yep. too too hard on on any of uh, the muscle uh, musculature for my body. That's good. Um, so then, yeah, the well, actually, and part of that, uh, you mentioned eating and drinking. So you mentioned you like your beers. How did like, mm -hmm. yeah, what what how much were you having like did you moderate it what did that look like you weren't like having like i don't know going out getting hardcore drunk <laughs> no um i would probably i would probably have maybe um i'll probably have one uh one night a week uh where i got pretty buzzed up um and then maybe two additional days where um sometimes we'll train like uh, i'm about like i'm gonna train in about 30 minutes on my clients and then afterwards, we'll, they'll be like, "Hey, let's go grab a beer real quick." And so usually, like one or two beers uh, a few times a, a few times a week. Saturday is usually my going out uh, day, so yeah, we'll take shots and beers and all that stuff because, like I said, Saturday nights, you know that that is my social. That's my social hour. I mean, that's my social night, and I love having fun and I love laughing with friends. And if and if that's not there, then I have to really, again, reevaluate, like, what do I want to do with this bodybuilding? Is it taking away um, my, my friends? And is it, is it taking away my social life? And now am I, am I becoming a hermit crab? Um, which is okay for anybody who's listening. Like, that's okay. I did that for like probably the first half because you have to really, you have to understand yourself. And 
and that things are going to be tough at first. And, and you know, I, I say all these things, but that's also with experience. So, yes, sometimes you do have to be that hermit crab. But as you start dieting more, you start becoming a little bit more efficient, start doing better ways, having a, uh, and, then, and then you can start having a lot more fun as I do now. So, I, like I said, I try to have a lot of fun. I think that's really well caveated in terms of mentioning the experience because uh, even myself, like I've done multiple seasons, but I mean, I don't drink generally anyway, so it's not like part of my lifestyle, but I'm thinking of like back then when I used to drink and trying to incorporate that, I think it would just like uh, cause me anxiety. But as for you, it's like move, removing that thing would have caused you kind of stress and uh, like it's almost the mm -hmm. opposite but um the experience there i think is so important because i know every season i've done and anyone listening who's done more and more seasons like you do get more relaxed about every fundamental mm -hmm. thing because you just have a better understanding of it and some of the things that you stress about like you just there's nothing you can do to change it's like some things like you yeah. try to manipulate things to like the most precise thing but there's too many variables to to be able to manage that anyway um mm -hmm. in terms of actually the drinking so did you i think you actually mentioned it maybe in a post you had like a beer within a peak week or did you like remove it at some point because i guess some people would think oh yeah oh. maybe you did it until 10 weeks out but 10 weeks out you removed it no. or did it continue no, I, did until... it, I did it all the way i did it all the way through yeah. <laughs> so um yeah there uh, the 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 I knocked out, I knocked out four, five, I think four shows uh, leading up into my pro card win. Um, and I know Alberto Nunez was here and he was just like, man, you're crazy. Uh, he was like, I mean, I'll, but, but he was like, I mean, I'll get a beer with you. He goes, but yeah, he, is, he does like a beer a, as well. <laughs> yeah. So uh, me and him would be in between shows um, from morning to evening and we'll, we'll go and grab a beer. And he's like, yeah you can he's uh, he's like yeah you're like you're lean and you're ready and you're gonna win this so yeah let's grab a beer i was like yeah uh and i think i had a beer like the day before on one of my other shows so yeah i i drink all the way up until um i i will say this last one where i where i had one uh, uh where i did the ifbb pro show i think i stopped drinking two weeks before yes it was it was two weeks before i stopped drinking only because it wasn't worth it. Um, I love my flavorful IPAs and I had to go to like Michelob. And then I just had one Michelob. I think it was, it was two Saturdays before I had one Michelob. And I was like, this was like a waste. Like, uh, so then I kind of stopped two weeks before. How are you a big eater in general? How's your appetite? Like you, have you always been, have you always found fat loss like a bit of an easier tackle or like gaining is a bit tougher or? That is very interesting um i i want to say 75 percent no i want to say 80 percent of my bodybuilding career well coming from a little kid genetically speaking i hated food i hated food hated food hated food now and i was always like that bruce lee kind of looking physique now once i did my first bodybuilding show ever like ever ever um I, that's whenever i I skyrocketed up to 205 pounds, 210 pounds. Oh, damn. And I did that. I did that game for four times, especially then. We did, that was even before Lane Norton. And I mean, I was just like, it was, it was a little guy like me's um, dream come true to be 200 pounds. It's like we made it. It's like we made it on the hill more than being on Mr. Olympia. And I remember my, I remember my, my eyes that would look at myself in the mirror and I was just like, 200 pounds i'm pretty much arnold i'm pretty much arnold schwarzenegger like we're pretty much the same and i just remember my eyeballs just looking at myself and i remember my mentality and uh my pant waist went from like because i have a tiny tiny waist um it, it goes from like nothing to like it went up to like about maybe a 36 pant waist like pushing it a little bit and so obviously it wasn't muscle but you know, uh, so I did that about four times until I finally was just like, I don't think I'm supposed to be doing this. But we're coming from the late 90s and early 2000s of just dirty, dirty bulking. Um, so that that that's that's how I that's how I used to. But went went back to the 80 percent, 80 percent of my bodybuilding career. I have had for everybody listening. I have had this is why I understand so much the grilling levels just nothing normalizes nothing normalizes um i'm always hungry i am that guy at the uh, at the at the house party eyeballing the food we're laughing we're talking but my brain is in the kitchen and i'll probably go back over there 
And I've been like that for like any other bodybuilder. And it's a, it's a prison. It's a mental prison that, that we all go through. And you already know, you train so many competitors. You know, we, we, we post so much pictures and then we'll post pictures for probably about two weeks post-show and then you won't see us no more. And then we'll contact you and say, Steve, I got to do another show. I feel like this is going to be the only thing that's going to fix me is sure. let's do another show. Let's put me back in a deficit uh, because I can't stop eating and I don't like the way I look. I don't like the way I feel. Uh, everyone at the gym, I know they're looking at me, all that jazz. I know all of this and I've experienced all of that. Um, but I have not felt that way in about three, four, maybe three and a half years ever since I started the weighted apparel experiments. Um, I have never been on a diet that's ever been below because on the, you know, on that first experience was 20, was 2,300 calories. Then on the second one, it was 2,600 calories. So I've never anymore had my body go ever. So the first two years, our first year was 2,300 calories. Then it's my off season calories of about 3000 calories. Then I go down to 2,600 calories for about nine months. And then I go back up to 3000. So I've been in the high calories for ever. And now I don't, I, I, I also haven't binged. That's another thing. And, and that, and that is, you know, it's not to shame people. I've binged a hundred times, you know, uh, growing up and going through bodybuilding shows, um, even during a, uh, during a show or on the off season. And I have not had one binge in, uh, it was, I think it was, uh, October of 20, uh, 2018. I have not had one binge awesome. and it's because though those calories have been up the entire yeah. time. Um, and I've never had to fight that three to three to three to five months, uh, where your grilling level is trying to, uh, regulate itself and you always feel like you're hungry. And I also feel like even that gets prolonged because I feel like for two and a half months, while it's trying to normalize itself, sometimes people pack on a lot of weight where now they're like, let me go ahead and get back in a deficit. Right when that thing's trying to normalize, mm -hmm. they get back in a deficit for about a month and then they end up binging out again. And then their brain is still fixated on food. And I know all these things. And so, you know, when you say now, like, am I, am I a hungry person? Um, no, but I believe it's because I... Normally, I would have to get down to 1,200 calories to get lean. I'm a small person. Uh, me and Chris Elkins, we have very we're same age, same height. Well, he says we're the same height. I'm like I'm like an inch taller, but uh, we're the same uh, same body weight, everything. And we both talk and we say, yeah, you know, whenever we're normally dieting, if we're starting at like 2,000, by the time we're like those last two weeks trying to get the I've last seen, little bit off, yeah. it's been normal for us to get down to 1,200 calories. Well, you can expect that after 1,200 calories, um, just not just your body just freaking out on that. Yeah, you're gonna have you're gonna have you know months afterwards where you're just your brain is just fixated on food, and a binge is so easy. It's just so easy to do. Hi guys, Steve here. Just wanted to take a moment of your time to remind you of our online coaching service. At Revive Stronger, we pride ourselves on providing personalized service that will take your physique and knowledge to the next level. If you're interested, check the description and sign up. You both also look like you're in your 20s. <laughs> Dang, that's what's up. All right, thank you, thank you. I, I believe, yeah, me and him are both uh, 38. <laughs> I, like, I look at you both, I'm like, how am I younger than you guys? Like, this makes no sense. Not that I look particularly old. Um, so, no, that was really good to hear actually about like the background there. And that actually leads us really nicely into this third goal of the pro debut in terms of you said to show the world different ways to diet through data of more data of more calories, weighted apparel, and physiological benefits of that going into mm -hmm. a show. So mm -hmm. I don't know where it's best to start with kind of, I guess, practically, what was your approach to using the weighted apparel the second time? Like, because uh, maybe there was improvements okay. from the first time. Um, and maybe, maybe start with your rationale, like why weighted apparel? That'd be a good kind of starter, actually. Okay, so I'll tell you exactly why. Um... And I'm not the only person who's ever thought about the weighted apparel, but I am I am the one who actually did it and actually did something more, and that was to actually add more weight as you're dieting down. So whenever I uh, whenever I was 18 years old, I worked at um, like a Costco, Sam's Club, and I was a cart boy. 
So my job was to stay outside. Like if I went inside, they're like, what are you doing in here? I'm like, I got to use the restroom. They're like, all right, and get back out there. So I had to push carts. And this was, this is when I first started working out. So obviously chest tries and buys the end chest tries and buys. That's, that's the seven, 18, 18 year old workout. Um, but I, I, our, our cart machine was broken. So whatever I had to be the pusher. So we used to load up like 40 carts and I would get, I would, I would, I would get in a football, uh, American football stance and like, just dig into the ground. I mean, I, I still remember so clearly my thighs would burn. They would burn. I would have to stand up, take a few breaths, get right back down there and start pushing again until my thighs burn. And I noticed, uh, I worked there for about a year. And I noticed after six months, my thighs grew very big, um, which it also, that's when it also, that's also what also made me think of like uh, overtraining, you know, my thighs adjusted and adapted. They didn't get diminishing returns. They didn't start getting smaller due to more uh, load on there. And so, and that's whenever I finally decided, I saw my thighs growing. I was like, what the heck is this? And that's whenever I just decided to do my first set of squats. And I had like, just like a plate on each side and they grew pretty well based off of being primed already from doing my daily activity of Monday through Friday, pushing parts. So then I got a second job. I worked at a, I worked at a factory paper mill where we had to grip, like, like literally grip pieces of paper. And these things weighed, oh man, they weighed like hundreds of pounds. And I remember when I first worked there, I was almost so weak where I couldn't, I just did not have this kind of strength to pull the paper down. And uh, I had to try really hard and I was really sore on my forearms. But after a few months, not only did I have it, but I started noticing, I started getting these big muscles on my forearm. And I was like, wow, like that's really cool. Because of this job, these muscles got very developed. And then lastly, uh, I worked at, uh, I, I delivered kegs um, and beer. And I remember whenever I would pull, I use my lats a lot. And so again, now, now I'm more experienced. Now I know, um, now I've already worked with Dr. Joe Konzeski and Lane and I'm like, yeah, of course, this is going to help my lats out a little bit. Now thinking of that, I've always thought whenever I'm like, Steve, how much do you weigh? 190 pounds. 190. Uh, what, what, what is the, what is the, the peak? off-season weight maybe 200 yeah 200 okay let's but. just let's just say 200 so i would often think okay on the day that you're your absolute strongest i mean you've been you've been you've been in a you've been in a surplus for now 24 months you weigh 200 pounds you're picking up the heaviest you've ever lifted you're actually going to start your diet monday but on that day i wonder how steve would look if you just today at 200 pounds, you stripped off all the fat, um, all the fat off of you. Like, how would that off-season, real-life Steve look if you just stripped off all the body fat? I guarantee you're gonna look so full, big, awesome-looking compared to uh, Steve dieting for about you know five months, six months going into a show. It's gonna be some some very small, very small atrophy, um, but also some fullness. Um, which is still going to be bigger than the previous uh, version of you on stage. But I always want to know, like, man, right when I was about to start a diet, I was like, I wonder how I look under all of this because I'm strong right now. I've been on off season for 24 months. I'm lifting the most maximum amount of weight. I wonder how I'd look under all of this. You just strip it off. So I also had that in my mind. And whenever it came to the weighted apparel, I... I also thought about my thighs because I mean, I, man, I, I get just so blown away by all the natural bodybuilders thighs. I'm just like, man, I would love these thighs. Like thighs have been so hard for me to get, but as I'm dieting down, it, no matter how well I make my program, I am going to be at a minus, you know, 30 pounds my thighs are going to start walking around as a 145 pounder, um, which that sucks. So I, I eventually thought about this and I said, you know what? I don't want my thighs to ever feel just like you, for example. I don't want, you would probably say you wouldn't want your thighs to ever feel anything below 190. Like that's where you want your thighs to always have that stimulus of load. 
Um, so that's actually where the idea came from, was mainly to just save my thighs. And then as a plus, um, maybe there might be something with, uh, with the calories. Uh, so that's whenever me and James first, uh, that's whenever I did like a little presentation to him about my crazy ass idea. And he goes, no, that actually doesn't sound too crazy at all. And I had a talk with uh, Eric Trexler about it. And he also agreed. He was like, no, that's not as crazy as you might think it sounds. So, you know, the, the first experiment worked. And the second one, I was a lot more chillaxed. But not only was I very chill about, about this one, um, I also added more weight. So I think I walked around like as, I think I walked around as a 215 pound, 220 pound man. Uh, so my thighs got even better. I was hitting PRs all the time. And I actually have some competitors, the natural competitors who I have on weighted apparel too. And they're hitting, they're always hitting PRs on squats um, because their thighs are getting so much of that load that we're adding, you know, every, every like three weeks, we're adding like an additional five pounds uh, to a different part of their body. And their performance is very, very well. Um, I have a female competitor. She just competed one, uh, one against a tough lineup. She was so shredded, and she's eating. She ate 1,700 calories from beginning to end. She never changed that. 1,700 calories. She only weighs about 107 pounds, and um, that energy availability is 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 really is is where the key of this is too. Um, uh, we speculated. We speculated, uh, me, Trexler, and um, uh, James, where is it the same if I'm going to be in a 500 caloric deficit? Because 500 caloric deficit is still a 500 caloric deficit, whichever way you put it, or, or is it? So if I put on weighted apparel and my 145-pound body is eating 2,700 calories in a 500-calorie deficit, compared to if it's eating 1300 calories and a 500 calorie deficit without the weighted apparel, which version of these two of, of me is going to probably feel better and even have, it's even going to be tough for me to get the micronutrients in at 1300 calories compared to 26, 2700 calories. So that's whenever we concluded that it's probably the one who's eating more is going to have more energy availability. Um, and I mean, we checked my testosterone, my testosterone that the second go around, um, I think it was 630. So it reduced by 15%. And my libido was great uh, the whole way through. And I, I believe uh, um, on, the, on the paper that Helms um, had, had published, I believe, I believe he said that testosterone normally tanks naturally from a competitor about 75%. Of course, it climbs back up. Yeah. Yeah. But it's 75%, um, where mine just went down 15%. So you so, saw I mean, some really good results. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Definitely. And, and of course we are the, we are the, we are the bodybuilders. So we are the extremists by nature. Oh, at yeah. first, the first experiment, I was like, I told everybody not to do it. I was like, don't do this. is not practical, not practical. But you know, when I started thinking about it and I came around the second time, I was like, why would you not do this now that I think about it? Because we are the extremists. And if there's something that's going to have you have your have your body intake a thousand more calories. Um, and also, again, this is also very, very important is that and this is and not everything that I say is going to work for everybody, first off. But this is also very important. This also makes logical sense is that I had so many calories that I wasn't in that binge prison mindset that I have been in the past. Sure. Have, actually, on that note, in terms of like individuals, have you applied it to anyone and it not panned out? And was there, if that did happen, was there any specific reasons? No. Okay. No, ever, I'm ever, I'm, all my competitors have done it and uh, they've all been successful with it. They've also actually been successful in the off season, which I have always failed as a coach and people's off season. I, I used to fail when I was younger, obviously, because we would do reverse dieting. Well, sure. You know how that went. <laughs> I, think we, I think we all fell a little bit on that one. Um, and then I even tried, you know, uh, uh, the recovery diet. And though it, on paper, it's a little bit better. And when people, when people have to diet down so hard, man, even the recovery diet, people are going to, it's, it gives them a little bit of fighting hope, but people are still going to want to just binge out. And then they just can't stop. Um, 
So now on this one, to never let their calories go so low to begin with, they've all come out very successful. Now I've now 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 I have nothing but success stories with the post because the post means so much more to me. And for being a competition prep coach, I never I never had a team. Um, you know, um, I only because that's not my main. I I maybe like to have. Uh, three competitors at a time at any given time. Uh, my, my main, my main thing is, uh, uh, training just your, um, average, uh, gin, gin pop, uh, those that, that, that's my main love. Um, sometimes I, I probably fight just like any other coach with like, should I even really be training competitors? Like, this is such a, you know, a rough thing, but then, you know, we always, we also get, we also get told like, well, if you're not going to do it, someone yep. else <laughs> so we always have that constant you know like uh, that Absolutely. constant fight with each other as coaches uh so you know but but that being said um I, I still like to keep it down to a minimum um because competitors are competitors and uh, they're going to take a lot of your time and a lot of your messages so i just try to have just a few at a time um never have a a, a team uh, or like a team flex or a team eric or anything like that and with the uh, the weighted apparel, you talked about kind of obviously the person at like, I don't know, 1400 calories versus two 600, both in a 500 calorie deficit. Do you think there's like a, a, did you even push the boundary of this potentially in terms of, is there a limit to weighted apparel? Like you pushed to over 200 pounds, could you push to 300 pounds and seen even more benefit? Or do you think there's a point where it's like, uh, you're getting diminishing returns, even potentially like it's so much weight, it's just, it's now worse. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Um, I'm thinking... There, there, there's variables. There is variable variables to that question, but yeah, I think, I think, I think there is a, there is a limit. Um, I did push it this last time, but also I was sponsored by like a cool weighted apparel suit, kind nice. of. Um, yeah, so they sent I me like this. an entire. <laughs> they sent me in an entire outfit where the shorts. Oh man, the shorts. Those are awesome. Those are amazing. Um, but I have shorts, ankles, things that tie around my shoe. Like they look like shoes, but they go on my shoes, uh, wrist, uh, weight, uh, weighted vest. They even put me a helmet, a hat that you buckle up. <laughs> I kid you not. I never wore it. All my clients would poke That's fun at me. Great. They go, no, wear it. They go, wear it, wear it, Eric, like wear it and go to the grocery store. <laughs> I said, no, no, no. Besides my, uh, um, uh, my, uh, chiropractor, uh, he's, kind of like a physical therapist um he's an evidence-based chiropractor um but uh he definitely suggested i not do that especially with boxing and i said okay well i don't want to look silly anyways uh so i did not wear the uh the, the the headgear but but yes um i do think that uh there would be and then and again even when i thought about this in the process i tried to think of how people would I tr i'm always like my worst critic so i'm always i'm always talking in the language of uh, skepticals sure. and so I start arguing with myself and I try to try to solve some of these uh, questions um, but one of them was like okay inflammation are you going to get inflammation in your knees and your, your hips from putting on so much weight but if you do it moderately which at first oh my goodness everyone wants to be so hardcore they're like oh, I bought a 50 pound weighted vest and I put it on I'm like no 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 because it's all it's going to do is just scare you from me you're like oh I hurt right. my trap so bad and uh, so I do it like if I, I, I kind of imagine myself when I was younger and I used to get up to 205 pounds, I was totally okay. I didn't, ha I didn't have inflammation on anything. I just gradually, my butt got bigger, my waist got bigger, my thighs got huge, my calves, my, my arms, my neck. And so I kind of just played it like that. And I was like, well, if I gained that, and I gained that weight fairly quickly um, when I was younger. And so I just thought about it is if I'm gaining that weight, then this should be okay. Um, as long as I do it like per five pounds every three weeks, then it's just like my body thinks that I'm putting on fat. Yeah. I or can, at least my joints. Yeah. I can absolutely relate to you in terms of putting too much weight on, even for me, like I was surprised how much, like I, I tapered into like five kilos, 
that was my lighter one and then i went to ta- i tapered into 10 kilos but still mm-hmm. like that just it, it takes it out of you but i can imagine is that one of the i don't know if that was different from the first time you did it because i think the first time you still distributed it a little bit do you think that's yes. i guess for the amount of weight that you're going above and beyond your body weight it's important to distribute it across the physique otherwise i can't even imagine yes. putting that all over just a my my top yeah, no, yeah, you, and you really do have to um, have to do it this way. And, and your leg muscles will benefit so much. Um, uh, you know, your adductors, all, all the movements that it takes for you for you to lift um, in a in a walking position, all these things are going to be great. But yeah, you need to really uh, uh, distribute all of it in order for it's not because I'm probably the biggest believer on not putting too much on your traps because um, those things are going to start hurting. Um, but still let it just go slowly and your muscles will adjust to it. Um, but I'll even think about how I feel and I'm like, Oh, you know what? On second thought, I don't think I like the extra three pounds on my weighted vest. So I'll take them off and I'll put them on my shorts and I'll be like, yeah, I like this better. Right. Um, so I do, I do get used to it. Um, I get used to it. And again, I do it over if someone's trying to hit even those same numbers as me, like trying to go. Uh, I'm trying to go like 60 pounds, uh, 70 pounds over their actual real weight. And they're trying to do it within three months. It's sound that's, that's probably even going to be hard for them. Almost just like the same way we try not to alarm the body by doing like hit cardio. So I would imagine if you try to put on too much weight too fast over a short period of time, it's probably going to end in the same, uh, predicament as overstressing the body and having cortisol just start retaining some water on your body. Um, so just do it like, you know, five pounds every three weeks. Uh, uh, that's seems to be pretty good with everybody. And, and, and I'm still gauging everybody, like all my, all my clients. Yeah. Now it's, 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 it's such a, such a different type of dieting that I do now, because now we don't, we don't take away calories. We'll, we'll adjust, we'll adjust like, okay, we're going to go up five pounds on the weighted apparel, or we'll say out of your 13 K steps that you do a day, you're right now you're at 4k steps of weighted apparel let's let's go up five pounds and we'll go up to 5k of weighted apparel then they'll start losing weight you know for about three weeks and then we'll say okay i like the weighted apparel that's on you i don't think we need to increase five pounds but let's now do 6k of the 12k of weighted apparel and so it's just a very it's very different from how i've ever dieted um competitors before but the more I do that, the more you're keeping that deficit where it needs to be, even as your actual body is losing weight. And everyone's, I don't, I don't really adjust calories uh, too much anymore. It's definitely another tool in the toolbox for like the like more, I guess, evidence-based. Uh, I did not that you need to be an evidence-based like coach to be using it, but I guess that's the people that are going to be listening to this more of that kind of line of thinking, which is really cool. Uh, one question yeah. I did have was you mentioned actually with your clients, you're kind of tapering up how many steps they do with it. Is it something someone wears like when I was doing it, I tapered into it and then I had it on. I think the most I had it for like 10 hours of my day stood for all my steps was like my maximum is there like a, how much are you using it? How does a person need to be stood most of the day to get the main benefits from it? Have you found that? Or is it a case of they can wear it? Is it a case of like you adjust it for the person, their lifestyle, and you get the best out of it you can? Yes. So I do think about that too. Um, for the most part, they're all, sometimes I, there's, there have been a couple where I'm like, oh, I don't think this really fits here. They're like, no, 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 they make it. So I think a lot okay. of times they're excited to do it. Um, but now to be honest, it probably, it probably be so small, but it probably, it probably would benefit you to have it on just the majority of the day. Um, but I found that it's still going to do the same. It's still going to do the same work if we just go based off of steps. So now they don't have to wear it so much throughout just the entire day. They can literally come in the morning. They usually show up like 30 minutes before and, uh, they'll leave and they'll say something like, uh, oh yeah, I, I knocked out uh 4k of weighted apparel. I got, I got another 2k more right before I go to bed, um, on my treadmill. Uh, and then they still have a total of maybe, uh, 4k more steps just in general. Okay. So now we just really just go based off of, you know, 5k of the 12k with weighted apparel and you knock it out. You can knock it out all, you know, all at once if you want. So now that's, now that's how we do it. Um, is that is that going to be better than going overall as far as the physiological part of it? 
probably not as good, but it does make it a lot more practical now. And it seems to have the same result. Cool. That's good to know because I think one of the biggest drawbacks for me wearing it was it was like a burden <laughs> that I had to be stood all day with this like vest on me. And I, I found that tough. But I think if I just had to, this is what I was thinking of the next time I wore it. If I wore it more, more so, I put it on for when I go out for my walks and just use yeah. it like that. And then the rest of the day, I could be a bit stood. I can be sat, but mm-hmm. not really wearing it. I think that would be such a relief for me. And it would be, that's the way I was thinking about it, approaching it in the future. So it's cool to hear that that's something you've applied and you've seen kind of almost as good results that way. Yes. Because before I was like you, where it was, I like had to just like had to keep it on throughout the day. But like I said, only because we, I, I saw the same, the same results this, this time around with being just now I don't have to go to the grocery store with it. Now I don't have to go to these <laughs> yeah. places with it um like i like i did on the first one um now i just wear it for the steps that i'm required to and then i can just take it off and not even have to worry about it the entire awesome. day and it's it's great that that's that's really good to hear actually from my perspective because i think that's like that's what i was going to be using it for because yeah wearing it i was like wearing it on like the london underground i've this it feels kind of i feel ashamed saying this but i don't think i should i took it to a funeral so i didn't wear it at the funeral but i had it in like a backpack so i hid it and so i wore it every time i could whilst i was like traveling to this funeral and like just things like that where i i t- you know wow. we're bodybuilders we take it to that degree of oh, just yeah. like i'm in so i'm all in <laughs> hey that that first year i wore it everywhere i wear uh, i would go to conferences and everyone would laugh at me uh i mean it's funny um but I mean, I would uh, I'd be in the airports um, with it, and everyone would just be like, yeah, "Excuse me, sir, what 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 is this?" Yeah. And uh, I would tell them, I would explain it. I get I would I would even kind of poke fun at fun fun with them a little bit. I would get real sciencey with it, and they'd be like, <laughs> "All right, all right, just all right, too much information. You're good. Yeah. You go 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 ahead and go past it." And um, usually, uh, my buddies uh, Josh Reduzco and them, they would be uh, recording me um, during this little uh, during this little <laughs> thing, but. Um, but yeah, you know, ultimately though, you know, I, I know that I, that, that we say like, like you're not supposed to be eating this many calories. That's just not the way we diet. The way we diet is Eric Lee is supposed to be eating 1200 calories. You know, um, uh, I think, uh, uh, Helms had been on an interview where he said he had to get down to like 1700 calories and, you know, people have to get down to 15 and women do have to get down sometimes to 1100 calories and 1000 calories. But maybe we don't have to anymore. You know, I think that's just the biggest thing is like, maybe we don't have to. Maybe we can save our grilling levels. Maybe we can say, uh, uh, save some of our muscle, save some of our hormones to, uh, to not tank so much as they do, to maybe give us a, a, a chance in the post to have somewhat of a, uh, of a, of a food relationship, mental health. Um, just, just give our body a chance to like to win and maybe not fail and i don't even mean that like on the on on a bodybuilding show just come out of this alive you know what i mean uh because that's what everyone struggled with and that's what i've struggled with in the past if i had the choice uh even as a 190 pound man um i would easily do uh, i would much rather do 3100 calories the entire time and never have to sink below that um so i won't have to be so food focused even afterwards Eric, this has been a great chat. I think people will have taken a lot from this. I think I could have probably spoken to you for like another like two, three hours, uh, but we've had our hour and I want to be respectful of your time. Um, if people want to learn more potentially about, I guess, the the weighted apparel, I think you said you're working on a project with James. Is is that in the works yes, still? Me and, yes, me and James are, but man, me and James are so busy right now. Um, me with the gym and him with everything. He's been crushing it lately with uh, the information he's been uh, putting out. So, uh, but um, we are uh, developing a website uh, for weighted apparel, um, also cool. weighted apparel in like sports, um, even like fighting, um, the practicality um, for your average Joe, just somebody who just wants to enhance slightly the 30 minutes that they're going to do on a treadmill, um, trying to give percentages of what weight you should do, um, links, all this, all these kind of uh, information uh, for people. Uh, so that's still in the works right now. But as soon as we get it out, we'll be we'll be posting all about it. Fantastic. I mean, I'll probably have to get you both on to like talk more in depth about it at that point when you launch or something and we can make sure people are aware of that. That'd be awesome. Uh, if people want to learn more about you, like what you're up to individually, where should they head? 
um, just go to my, uh, my Instagram is where I, I post uh, a lot of it. So um, IFBB, uh, Eric Lee Salazar. Um, I also have a gym, um, Flex Level Fitness on Instagram. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook at Eric Lee Salazar. Fantastic. I'll make sure that's all linked below. And uh, thank you guys for listening. And thank you, Eric, again. Take care. All right, brother. Thank you. So I'm Steve Hall, founder of Revive Stronger and a coach of Revive Stronger. My name is Pascal Floor. I'm the co-owner of Revive Stronger and also a coach, of course. The Revive Stronger has probably been going solidly for three years, probably roughly about three years. Revive Stronger, to me, it is becoming kind of my child, my foster child. It's the gathering and getting together of like-minded people. We've been expanding the coaching team, which is helping us help more people. Uh, but each coach can only help a certain number of people. Right now, it's all over the place. We have YouTube, we have Facebook, we have Instagram, but there isn't that community aspect behind that. And so the next step for us is developing a membership site. So basically, we want to create a family and a community that is then benefiting from another, a really cool community for people within our little niche. It's going to be a website. They will get early access to our podcast. You can access us, ask us questions, the community aspect. We have a forum there. You can ask questions, but also you can, you can lock your journey. It's also going to be courses on there, courses, presentations on different topics, discount of past seminar footage. We will log our journey as well. We'll start vlogging. We're gonna have documentaries, our entire athletic journey. Furthermore, they get access to an exercise video library. The exercises that we love for hypertrophy and maximizing hypertrophy, we're gonna go through those in depth, telling you how to execute them. We kept them concise and also mobile friendly so that you can watch them in between your sets. I'm super excited to grow this community. The amount of value that we're gonna be delivering is huge. And I'd love you to be part of it. You will get so much out of that. I'll see you inside.